I really want us to live uncommon. Can we, can we expect uncommon things? Yes, we can. And uh, 2 Corinthians 5.18, just a little review. Now, all things are of God. You know, I love John and Paul's writings because they don't leave any gray area, really. I know Christians like to make it gray, but John and Paul go, everything, all, there's, they don't leave anything out. Up, above, down, below. So now all things are from God. It's of God. That means from him, right? So is there anything that's not from God? Is God holy? So is there anything that's not holy? That's well, interesting, isn't it? That was the revelation. So who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us this service or ministry of reconciliation? That is, and then he tells us what this ministry of reconciliation is. That, that is that God was in Christ, not separate on the cross. God was literally the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit were hanging on the cross. So when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Did they forsake him? No, they were hanging on the cross with him. Now here's really a mind bender. Who else was hanging on the cross with him? You and I. All of us, right? Because we were found in him before the foundation of the world. It's really, it's this fascinating thing when you start getting outside of time. But uh, anyway, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us this great message of reconciliation. I just want to get that what reconcile is because I think, again, when we just read King James or New King James or whatever you use, even, even NIV or some of the modern translations, um, reconciling, I, I just never had a, an idea of what it really meant. And, it's, and if you look it up in Strong's, it's katalasso. It means to change or exchange. But helps, I showed this Sunday night uh, where, where I get this in the Bible Hub and Interlinear. If you go to helps word studies, kata, down to the exact point, intensifying alasso, which means to change. So two parties decisively change to the same position as applied to marriage partners. And that's what Paul said in, in marriage. He said, this is a mystery. When we get married here, it's really a picture of what you already are in Christ. So he gives us physical relationships so we can understand him. Does that make sense? And I think if you can understand what a loving father, like we were just singing about, or a loving husband would look like, how much more should he treat us that way? Or he does treat us that way. So he didn't make it hard. Theologians make it hard. If you have a, a loving husband that loves his wife intensely, passionately, and they're one, where two, fle two flesh have become one, he'll do anything for her, a loving husband, wouldn't he? So what does that mean about you? He'll do anything for you. Even lay down his life. And he says, how can I prove anymore that I'm not going to charge you for your sin? That's not what I'm about. I keep no record of it. I'm trying to show you that as I shed my blood, even that can't separate you. So you think about angry spouse, right? We killed him. And yet he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Fear not. I came to show you that even killing me could not separate you from my love. That's such a better gospel, and that's the real gospel, versus he's so angry he had to turn his back from us and kill us. Or kill somebody. Somebody's got to pay, right? So anyway, so if we look at this, this is pretty interesting. So katalasso, kato, down to the exact point. Uh, change down to the exact point. So here's what it says, that, that God was in Christ changing the entire creation, intensifying. He's trying to show you there's no difference between him and you down to the very last piece. Is that good? Is that, a, is that a mind bender, actually? It's such a different thing than this distant God that we were taught growing up, that you are one with him down to the very last point. So Jesus didn't come as our example. 
He came as us. That's what it says. I'm showing you what a, what a redeemed son looks like, what somebody who knows they're a son of the father their life looks like. So as he is, so are we. So if we look at Jesus' life, can we do that stuff? Yes, that's what I'm really trying to get my mind to meditate on every day. It's like, wow, Jesus, he kind of kicked butt in life, didn't he? This stuff just, that's us. He came as us. He's like, we were changed down to the very exact point. Two became one. So here's what you look like in him. Got it? All right, let's go to John 14. This is, this is what John 14 and 16 have been hitting me all all week, and I, I covered this a little bit last Sunday, but I wanted to go through it a little bit more. So Philip, Philip he's with the disciples, and Philip says to him, uh, Lord, show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. Just show us what, what this... So Philip's come a long ways. He doesn't see God as this distant guy. He actually calls him Father now, which got Jesus killed, actually. So he says, hey, the Father that will be in us... Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know me? Anyone has seen me has seen the Father. This is key, I think, to this whole thing. Anyone who's seen me, so Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, who have you seen? This God guy that you guys have been talking about, that talked to Moses, that talked to Abraham, that talked to Isaac. He goes, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? These are marriage covenant terms. What he's trying to show is two have become one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, you've seen the Holy Spirit. You guys with me so far? So he's like, the, father, the Father's like me. So if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now this gets really important for you and I because if, if, I, if I see Ramiko Blackman, what have I seen? The best. <laughs> the best. It's true, actually, because it says, and, and Su Lin, right? And his girlfriend. So actually, I should have done... If, I've, if you've seen Sue Lin, what have I seen? The best. Somebody who puts up with seven boys. That's <laughs> Anyway, the best, exactly right. So, do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own, meaning the, the Father's given me these words to tell you. Instead, it is the Father dwelling in me performing these works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. So if you can't believe that I and the Father are one, look at all these miracles I'm doing. Doesn't this kind of show you that there's some divine spark in me? That there's something supernatural in me? It should, right? Because all these Old Testament prophecies, Jesus is fulfilling them. He's doing all this stuff. And, and uh, uh, you know, the woman touches the hem of his garment and, and she's healed. And we've had, we actually had testimonies when we were, we were doing the mantle stuff, right? Just because we believed it. Do you have to use a mantle? No. You guys know what a mantle is? It's like Paul, and he would take a handkerchief and just go, hey, I can't get to, I, I can't get to uh, Denver, but just send this. There will be enough anointing in this handkerchief because it touched me that it will heal that person. And we did stuff like that, and it works. So right now, we, we just, just go, uh, in fact, Les, that was a funny one because uh, this, this friend, we were at this convention and he had this pacemaker in his leg that would stop the pain. It was a little physically inserted in him and it went out. Like the battery went out. I don't know how those things work. I guess they have a long battery. I hope so. Otherwise you got to keep getting it fixed. And so uh, just, just crazy stuff. That, hey, wait a minute. If Jesus did this, if Paul did this, can we do this? Yes, we can do this. Is this too heavy for you guys? This is fun stuff to me. So anyway, we're like... Um, a mantle. Let's just, let's just pray over this mantle. Remember this? The handkerchief. We're just like, just take this to him and he'll be healed. He puts it on his leg and he goes like this 
electricity shot through my leg. And he's telling me this afterwards. He's like, Mike, the pain is completely gone. And I'm like, cool, that worked. <laughs> it's shocking how good he is. But you know what I think is just the boldness to go, you know what? If, if Paul did this, Jesus did this, we can do this kind of stuff. Because as he is, so are we. So I'm just sharing these testimonies. I forget them all because there, there's, we're supernaturally natural. I'm, I'm just trying to get us to, we, li- we can live this life. And it's not by you ginning up faith. Faith should be this effortless thing. In fact, I hate talking about faith because it's been so abused. Because you'll always wonder if you have enough or not enough. Does that make sense? I think if you just dwell on this, uh, John's not telling you to have enough faith. He's just telling you a reality. You're in him and he's in you. And then Jesus is saying this, the words I say to you, so the Father dwelling in me perform these works. So this is to show the world, uh, hey, if that stuff happens, if you don't believe that the Father and I are one, at least believe the stuff that we're able to do. But it's not about the works. That's why, because so many people chase the works. When they're healed, what we really want to do is heal their heart. Otherwise, they're going to be, the thing that caused them to have the sickness in the first place is going to be right back six months from now. Because if you have a healed heart, you don't have health issues. It's really a fascinating thing. So, <clears throat> I do not speak of my own. It's the Father dwelling in me, performing his works. Believe me that I'm the Father and Father in me, or at least believe these works. Now, here's the cool part. Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will also do these works that I'm doing. So, as I'm talking about, right? Why? Why can we do these works? He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Some of my favorite, John 16, 24, and these are, these are my favorites. I, I will do whatever you ask in my name, meaning that when you realize I'm in the Father and you're in me, it's not yelling Jesus loudly at the end. In Jesus' name, that's what we were taught, right? Some people. What it means is when you have a revelation that he's in you and you're in me and we're in the same family. We're in the same, we have the same surname. We're birthed out of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what in his name means. When you realize you're in his family, you're in his class, then... The, uh, I will do whatever you ask in my name, meaning that when you realize you're a joint heir, where you're a family member, you're a son, not a slave on the outside, you're, you have an inheritance, you're born into this family, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Meaning that when Jesus is doing all these things, he goes, if you don't believe that the Father and I are one, I'm showing you the glory, the weightiness, the, the kavot of, of who the Father is through me. So when we do these things, who is, what are we really glorifying? The Father. That's really what it is. I'm like, I'm trying, we're not trying to, are you a Christian? It's like, it's better if you just go share the really good news and take care of them. Like we're the light and the salt of the world. So anyway, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Is that a startling statement or not? If we just think about that, I will do whatever you ask in my name. So anything his, his family qualifies us for, he'll do. You can, that's startling to me every time I read that. And I've, over the years, I've seen so many people just try, well, he doesn't mean everything. It means everything in his name. Because Paul and John don't write gray areas. They just, they complete everything. So they do every ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, who's going to do it? He'll do it because it's him through it. Jesus tells us, um, it's, I'm not doing these works. It's the Father dwelling in me, the Spirit dwelling in me that's doing the works. And he says the same thing about you and I. Now, if you ask anything, that is included in your inheritance as a son born of the father, I will do it. And it's not you. It's not you trying to gin up enough faith. It's trying to you to just have a little bit enough boldness to go, I might sort of like, please do this, Lord, and he'll do it. 
Isn't that cool? I mean, I, there's so many times that we've prayed for people and things and stuff, and, and my faith is nothing, but I just remind myself to go, you know what? It's not me doing it. It's him doing it. And then something in you just goes, yes, that's it. So it's not me trying to gin up faith. It's, it naturally comes when you just meditate on some of these scriptures. Does this help you guys? Because it's not you doing it. It's him doing the works through you. And if you believe in Jesus, that doesn't mean I believe in Jesus because I said the magic words. That means if you believe he and the Father are one and that you're in him and he's in you. All right, so let's keep going in John, all right? So if we keep going, verse 16, and he's telling them, um, hey, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. An orphan, an orphan, how do you describe an orphan? Someone without parents, right? And he says, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. I'm going to give you parents, right? So I'm, I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper, an advocate, to be with you forever. What, what's, what's the helper he's given us forever? Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because they not, neither see him nor know him, but you know him, for he abides with you, and he'll be where? In you. <laughs> These are startling statements. He's in you. The creator of the... the I, I really try to get my head around this kind of stuff. I'm like, God, I just can't. He's everything. He's created everything. And it's, so he's created all of us. He's created everything we can see, the heavens, the earth, below the earth. He's like Paul and John, like I said, they include everything. Yet he can show up in that. And then he says, all creation and everything's in me and, th- and that's in you. So when we look at those light years of the nebula, that much time space trying to get out of the 3D world we live in is in you. That's pretty good, isn't it? When the, the universe is expanding at the speed of light, you go, that's how much is in you. It's how much, are there any limits in that? It's limitless, isn't it? I will ask the Father, he will give you the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. The world can't receive him because he can't see him because they think this is more real than the Spirit, right? Like we're talking about, what we're talking about is living unnaturally, unnaturally. We should, unnatu- we should naturally live unnaturally, because Jesus was pretty radical and unnatural, right? And I look at Paul and Silas, I was thinking about that today, because people like, they, they try to give you these really tough situations. Okay, so Paul and Silas are thrown in jail. They put all these guards around them, and they start praising God, and the prison doors fall off, and they walk out. It's limitless, isn't it? Is that weird? We don't really see that happening a lot today, do we? But it could, it should, actually. Now, we, we've had testimonies with people and it's sometimes scary to go, do we really step out on a limb here and, and really expect this crazy stuff? And every time we did, it was crazy stuff, isn't it? Where all of a sudden, people would be in a, a legal predicament or something, all of a sudden the judge just goes, hey, see ya. Like one friend in particular, I'm like, get out of there before they change their mind. <laughs> run, run. That's so why I was like, run, leave now. Because they called me from outside the courthouse. I'm like, run. So get out of here. So, <laughs> that's fun stuff, isn't it? I just, it's, that's how we should live. It's really awesome to me. So anyway, the world can't receive him because they think this is more real. They don't realize that he's every, all creativeness, all love is in you. But you know him for he abides in you and he will be with you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Meaning that you're not going to be without me because Jesus in this whole context is going, listen, I'm going to be gone for a while and it's going to not be fun, but then I'm going to come again and then you'll be really excited. So in a little while, the world will see me no more. You will see me because I live, you also will live. Did they forget this when he died? 
Yeah, they were bent out of shape, weren't they? When he died, they're like, oh my God, this was the Messiah. We thought this guy was really the guy. But he's telling them, you're going to see me alive. You're not gonna, your last remembrance of me is not dead. You're going to see me alive. But they forgot all that. And so, because I live, you will live. And if he's in you and you're in him, are you ever going to experience death? No. Because he lives, you're going to live. That's good news, isn't it? So, on that day... This is Baxter Kruger, how he signs everything. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. So what day is that, he tells us. When I send you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to reveal to you, I gave you a spirit that is of power, love, and the sound mind, and you're going to realize all these things I'm telling you will start to make sense, and that I'm in you, and you're in me. Now, let's go back to the previous slide real quick. Real quick, because he says... um, in blue. Do not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, right? And so if you, if you don't believe that, at least believe the works I'm doing. And then he tells us, uh, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Then now we go to the next slide because he says, you know what? When you realize, if you don't believe, <clears throat> if you don't believe that, that we're one, that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, at least believe these works, right? And now he tells us on that day, you're going to realize the same thing I already know, that the Father and I are one. On that day, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and you're going to have this revelation that not only are the Father and I uh, in me, and Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So are you in Jesus? That's why I said, if you've seen any one of you, who have you seen? Jesus and the Father. We're divine. We're the new temple is what Paul says is, we share divinity with him. We can expect crazy things because as he is, so are we. The, whole, the same spirit that's in Jesus is in us. And if you've seen Jesus, if you've seen the Father, you've seen you. Does that make sense? So, not look, now we can keep going. If we continue this, verse 19. And so he, they're, they're kind of going, hey, what's he talking about? Is he, where, why is he saying he's going to leave pretty quick and he's talking about as a, as a woman gives birth, it's, a, it's not very pleasant when, when this stuff happens, but all of a sudden when the child's there, it's going to be like this. He says, all of a sudden you have this, this pain and you think, gosh, will this ever go away? And then once the baby's there, you're in this love situation. Again. He's going to, he goes, it's going to be like that. You're going to think, I left you. It's going to be really painful, but then you're going to see me again. And so aware that they wanted to question him, Jesus said to them, because they're kind of arguing, like, what is he saying that he's going to be gone here really quick? And this is, I'm just catching you up so I didn't have to go through all those verses. Where they wanted to question him, Jesus said to them, are you asking one another why I said in a little while you will not see me and then after a little while you'll see me? Truly, truly, I tell you, you will weep and wail. Oh, I, I guess this is the part. I left it in there. I was going to take it out. Truly, truly, I tell you, you will weep and wail while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Just like a woman is in pain in childbirth because her time has come. But when she brings forth her child, she forgets her anguish because of her joy that child has been born into the world. Just the same way, he said, so also you have sorrow now because they're worried, like, man, he's leaving. They're going to kill him. He's going to die. But I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. <clears throat> ask, and you will receive. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything, meaning he's not physically going to be there. Who's going to be there? The Holy Spirit. And you're going to through revelation that I'm in you, you're in me, and we're in the Father. We're one. The Spirit's going to reveal this to you. And truly, truly, I tell you, he repeats himself here, whatever you ask the Father as an inheritance, if you're in the Father's family, if you're in Jesus' family, everything he accomplished, everything he owns, whatever Jesus did, you can do. 
and whatever life he shared, you can have. Is that good? That's what he's trying to say in this whole thing. So truly, truly tell you, whatever you're, and that ask isn't mean please, because then it's no longer truly, truly. Right? If we have to ask and wonder if we asked right, is it truly, truly? And I, I, I've, all the prayer stuff that we were taught earlier was like, why your prayers aren't answered? Because you think our prayers aren't answered. That's what I was telling them. It's really easy. Because you think your prayers aren't answered, they're not answered. But if you realize truly, truly, they're answered. Right? It's everything's within. The kingdom's within. That's what he said is, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So when you realize, truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you require is a better word in the Greek, ahitio, the Father, whatever my name qualifies you for as an inheritance, so you're part of my family, truly, I truly, I tell you if, you, if you require that, he gives it to you. In fact, he says, I give it to you before you ask, therefore ask. It's weird, isn't it? Hey, I want to give it to you so badly, so please ask. And it's not like, can I have it? It's, that's why I don't like the... The, that word ask, how it's translated. It's really like, if you go look at it, ask is one of the, the interpretations, but if you require it, meaning that I've developed this dream, this thing, this desire so deep in my heart, I have to have it, you'll have it. Does that help you guys? It's way better than, please, can I have this? If you really believe truly, truly, you're gonna have it, even if you prayed that way, do you have it? In fact, you already have it, even if you don't even ask. But it's really, that's why everything's a revelation of when you realize that everything Jesus has, I have. And everything that he has that's available on earth, we have available. All heaven and earth will move as one of his, as his bride and as a son for you and me. That's why it's good news. So truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you need or require, it's such a thing that doggone it, this is such a desire that my name has qualified you for since you're part of the family. He will give it to you. It's yours. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name because he's just telling them that you don't even realize you're in me yet. You're still trying to grasp, I'm in the Father, you're in me, because Philip's going, well, show us what the, who the Father is, and then we'll believe. He's like, no, no, I'm the Father, and I'm Jesus. So that's why he's saying, you haven't asked anything in my name yet because they didn't even know their sons yet. You guys get it? But he goes, in that day when I send you the Spirit that you're going to realize you're a son just like me, and I'm in the Father and you're in me, then you need not even to ask me anymore. You'll realize I have an inheritance that he's qualified me for. As Jesus says, so am I. Ask, you might receive. And if we just take verse 23 and 24, is there any gray in there? These are the startling statements like John 14 and 16. I just love them. I could meditate on these things all day. Until now, you've not asked anything for the name. But then when the Spirit comes, you're going to realize you qualify because you're in me. Ask, you will receive so that mama's happy. You guys ever heard that? If mama's happy, everybody's happy. So that your joy may be complete. We, as the bride, we're all the bride, right? So we, he wants us, he doesn't want a nagging bride. Does he? In fact, in the old covenant, it says it's like aching bones. Right? Sometimes I'd come home with counseling for somebody and she's like, how is it? Like aching bones. And she's like, what is that? It's like, that lady just will not get off him. So, and men, you're not out of it either. Like, get off them. Get off the other side, right? Nobody wants a, a, a nagging bride, and we're all the brides. So it's really, but that's what he's saying. You don't need to nag me. That's what he's talking about, the unjust judge, right? He's like, listen, unjust judges, when the, when the, when the lady comes in there and nags all day, 
the judge just goes, forget it. This isn't worth it. I'm going to give it to you. And we think that's, I was taught prayer that way. Just keep bugging him. You heard that? Just keep praying. And he goes, no, no, he's not like an unjust judge. That's, I'm like, read it. He says, he's not like that. Meaning that you don't have to keep nagging. It's yours. The minute you ask, it's yours. The minute you require it, it's yours. In fact, it was yours before you even were born. Because before the foundation of the world, you're in him. That's the head scratcher for me. That's the fun stuff. Like, you mean, yeah. Is this cool stuff? Do you like this? All right, we'll finish up. Let's go to the last slide, I think it is. Oh, the revelation we're one with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the fact that katalasa, we've been reconciled. We're down to the very last point we're one with him. As he is, so are we. Down to the very last detail himself allows us to live, really, it's, um, that's where the divine comes. It's just, we live out of our spirit where we go, you know what, this isn't, if this situation is going on in our life in that day of crisis, we can go, you know what, we live outside of that. And that whole thing's going to change in my favor. So that crisis is going to change in my favor because would, it, would that crisis change in Jesus' favor if he asked the Father for it? Yeah. So would that crisis change in your favor if you asked the Father for it? Yes. Truly, truly, I tell you. Whatever you ask that my name has qualified you for, you will have it so you won't be a nagging bride and you'll be a joyful bride. And if mama's happy, all of us are happy. So guess what? Does he like us unhappy? No, he doesn't like it because we're the bride, right? And I believe he's given us really simple things. That, that whole John 14, 20 says, when I send you the spirit, it completely destroys this idea that we could ever be outside of God and there's a distance somewhere. He just destroys it. He says, listen, in that day, you're going to realize you guys are having a hard time believing that the Father and me are one. I, you're going to, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And you're going to realize not only the Father and me are one, you are one with me. So it went from, I don't even dare write your name because you're so holy to go, you mean I'm a co-equal with you? Blasphemy, right? So don't yell at me. Yell at Paul or John. They're writing this stuff. And they're quoting Jesus, right? I don't know, in King James, this red letter, probably, where they're quoting Jesus. Because those are the only words of Jesus, right? It's so weird how people get. So anyway. I remember I had to have a red letter Bible. That was my, my parents had to get me a red letter Bible because those are the words of Jesus. What are the other words? <laughs> you know, it's bizarre, some of the stuff we were taught, isn't it? Anyway, so we're supernaturally natural. That's what, what he says. He's like, you've been made partakers of the divine nature. So in flesh, that's just this crazy thing. So we're, are you getting this, that we're designed to live the uncommon life? Did Jesus and the apostles live an uncommon life? Let's just, let's not like do more than them. Let's just get back to where they were. How about that? Right? Because he says, truly, truly, I mean, you're going to do greater things and more, more of it, more volume, more quantity, everything. And uh, they just believed that they were one. That's the revelation they got. Like, I'm a son? You mean I'm, I'm inheriting the father's estate? Have you guys inherited the, the, the richest estate you could ever inherit? Yes, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So, <clears throat> I love this, and that's why I keep going back to it, because it's not about my faith. If I'm trying to gin up faith by reading my Bible or pray or fast or, or be a good boy, every now and then I'm not a good boy. Just every now and then. And you aren't either. <laughs> right? In fact, Katie Atkins, they're probably watching, she sent me this thing. There's this, uh, there's this Hare Krishna-looking monk. He's got the saffron robes on, and he's, 
he's walking in his sandals and he's got this saffron robe on and he's giving this truck driver the finger. And then the, it says, when you forget to meditate. <laughs> and I wrote back, I said, I've never done that. I just know people who did it. So and she's like, LOL, just like Kurt, her husband. So anyway, see, if I, what I'm trying to get at is if we're trying to, trying to be holy on our own efforts is exhausting, isn't it? Because we have to worry about every other thing and you're tr- confessing every little thing that you've done and confess every sin and everything else. By the time we, I, if my personality, by the end, I'm just like, the heck with it. It's easier just to be a heathen. It's way easier, right? Anybody else understand that? <laughs> you just know people like that, right? You would never do that. <laughs> I'm trying to give you an out. So, but that's why I'm using me as the example because sometimes you just get frustrated. You're just like, but then when you realize, oh, enter the rest. Oh man, he's done it all. So as he is, so am I. Thank you, Father, that my favor, my blessing, the love has nothing to do with my behavior. Then guess what? My behavior corrects and changes. And when you meditate, that, that actually is true. That guy that, this holy monk is giving this truck driver the finger. Like when you forget to meditate that day on how loved you are, how perfect you are, how complete you are, despite your efforts, you get angry. Don't you? Paul tells us about it in Galatians. Not, not, most of us are much better than, but you understand what I'm saying. Is when we, when we have a revelation of how loved we are, you start to love. When you have a revelation of how much grace he's given us, guess what? You start to extend grace. You don't give the truck driver the finger, Right? That's somebody trying to earn his love. I promise you, he just gets angry and, and reacts. So anyway, I love that. It's, you know what? It's so much easier to not rely on my faith, but trust in the unlimited love of the one who loves me. That is the greatest source of power in the world. And that's why I believe he gave us human relationships because we understand it. How would a loving husband treat his wife? Perfectly loving. Then that's how he's going to treat you. And how would a, a perfectly loving father treat his kids? Doesn't mean they don't correct every now and then. You guys understand that, right? There's correction. In fact, he even says, I don't do it. But I allow you to go down these roads where you're going to go, ouch, that hurts. Stop doing that. And you learn right from wrong is what he says. So he's not the one doing it. James tells us, don't ever think he's doing it, tempting you or testing you. That's one. He's testing me right now, right? No, he's not. He says, that's not who he is. He's perfect love. But he'll let you go like, okay, Really? Stop doing that. It hurts, right? And then you realize, don't do that anymore. So this was really hitting me today. So if we underestimate ourselves, we're really underestimating Jesus and the Father. Because you and he are one, right? And I'm, I'm guilty of that. And you guys guilty of that? Underestimate who we are? Every day. And then something rises up in you and you go, wait a minute. He and I are one. How would Jesus act in this situation? Like something divine, this spark starts to come up. You go, yes, that's who we are. So don't ever estimate ourselves. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching at me too. Trust me. If we underestimate us, we're really understanding, underestimating God. When we underestimate humanity, we're underestimating God because they have a divine spark. Every human is one with him. That's good, isn't it? So that's why he says, here's how you're going to know, you're gonna, you're gonna know if they understand my teachings if you love your neighbor as yourself. Because love's the end. So anyway, so I just want us to get this again. If Jesus prayed, how much would his prayer life look like? Then that's what our prayer life looks like, right? So 
When Jesus was ever in a crisis, in judgment is what it says, did he always escape if he desired to? Always, always, right? And so how much favor did Jesus have in his life? All, right? All grace abounds to him. So how much grace abounds to us? All. See, I just think life works better if, if, we, if we do take the time to meditate on that a few times every day. Like, you know what? Wait a minute. I, this natural situation doesn't look quite right. If Jesus was in this, Jesus never got concerned about it. Like in the storm, he wasn't that concerned about it. Now, there's all kinds of teaching in that. That's really beautiful. But he calms the storm, right? Doesn't he? It's really, so guess what? Guess who we are? And that's where we have all the pictures of the fires going around everybody's house. And it's really cool. So, and people are like, well, you can't believe for that. Well, we did, and somehow it worked. Then like, and your other house is burned down. So anyway, um, but here's what's cool. If they catch some of that, hey, he'll restore it. He'll restore it and give you something better. He'll never leave you out. So anyway, and how, how divine is his health? It's divine. So can we have divine health? We can. Now, if you're struggling with something physical, don't beat yourself up or try have enough faith. That's probably what's causing the thing. Really, all it is is like, how much do you love me? Then can I, can I trust that unlimited love way greater than themselves to do it for me even though I have no faith? Yes, that's, the, that's what you can trust in. Not building your little wimpy faith. Does that make sense? Because mine's wimpy. His is really good. So I can go, perfect love casts out all fear and torment when I know how unlimited love I am, then I can just, you know what? You can make stuff happen that I can't even dream of exceedingly abundantly beyond what I can think or ask. I can trust in that. And I'm not trusting in my faith right now to heal. I'm trusting in your faith. And you just mentally kind of see it flow out of you to, to whatever situation, your own body, etc., And rest. Rest. Don't try to have enough faith. When, as soon as you're trying to have enough faith, I, you probably don't. Weird sounding, but... Finally, when you go, I can't do this. Lord, I need to trust in the unlimited love. Yes, then it just flows. You guys got it? All right, you can get to your feet. So this, John 16, 23. Oh, I want to share that. I just wanted to remind everybody. Because here's, here's John 14, he's saying that. If you realize, and then John 16. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So whatever Jesus However Jesus' life looked is how our life can look. Follow me? Whatever miracle, blessing, favor that Jesus received, you receive. And you have, actually. He will give you. There's no ifs, ands, buts, gray areas there. It says, whatever my name qualifies you is yours. Until now, you haven't asked anything in my name because you are still struggling that the Father and I are one. You're going to have such a revelation that he's my Father, and I can go straight to him and ask him for my inheritance. Right? So is divine health your inheritance? Yes. Is divine supply your inheritance? Is divine restoration your inheritance? Is divine protection your inheritance? We need to talk about that one. Yes. Even the crazy stuff. Because people are like, well, what, what if somebody puts a gun to your head? I know that's tough, but when somebody put a gun to Jesus' head or Paul and Silas, the prisons, what did they do? Started worshiping. It's like, yeah, fired up. This is exciting. <laughs> right? And they walked right out of it. It's crazy stuff. And so... Anyway, ask, you will receive so you can be a joyful bride because that's what he's after. Amen? So if you need prayer, come on after this. But I'm, 
I would just meditate on these. Maybe John 14 this week can just go, you know what? Father, just give me a, an, an increased revelation that greater works will we do when we, when we really realize that we're in him and he's in us and we're one, just like Jesus. Because Jesus is going, you know what? If you don't believe that we're one, that I'm divine, at least believe this stuff. And when we start meditating on that, it's ask you shall receive so your joy may be full. Ask you shall. I would just encourage you if you've been, if you've been reaching out or begging God, and it's okay because we've all been there trying to do it, but just meditate on this for a little while. Just go, you know what? If I ask, I receive it before you pray. If I ask, I do receive it. You can spend five minutes on that. If I ask, I receive it so I can be joyful. How would I feel? Like we were talking about what real prayer is, is with the intention and the emotion. How would I feel if this prayer was already answered? Because the prayer is already answered, right? He's already, he says, truly, truly, I will, you will have. This is how it works so you can be joyful. If you meditate on that a little bit, guess what? Now you just, you relax a little bit. I would feel joyful, wouldn't you? That's always, I would feel peaceful, I'd feel joyful, I'd feel grateful. Thank you, Father, that I have this. So I think if you meditate on this this week, that John 16, 23, don't even go to the others, just go to that. You know what? We're one with him ask you shall receive so I may be joy how would you feel you're gonna be joyful you're gonna be grateful you're gonna be thankful and then just watch it flow did answers come from crazy places in Jesus's life then they'll come from crazy places into your life you don't have to know where it's going to be you don't know how it's going to happen that's why I'm excited about some of these testimonies that are in the works because they're crazy stuff it actually just encourages me Oh, so Father, whatever they're desiring, whatever they're working through, whatever crises are going on in their life, just get a divine revelation that if they require it, they already have it because they're one with you. In their prayer life, they can expect the unexpected. In their favor, they can just expect supernatural favor beyond what they can even think or expect. Whatever it is, you exceed that always because you're more than that. So Father, if they need any health, just let them rest, knowing that they're completely divine, they're already healed, they're whole in you, because you love them. As you are, so are we. So you're in perfect divine health, so are we. And we just thank you for all of that, just this divine revelation that Jesus came so much more than to give us a lesson. He came to show us what sonship, what perfect love in the Father's family looks like. And we all have that as our inheritance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you do need prayer, come here. We'll pray with you. And you shall have it so your joy may be full. Amen? All right, we'll see you guys Sunday, tomorrow night on uh, the live stream.